Welcome to STEM Punks. STEM Punks is a bi monthly podcast intended to bring science, technology, engineering, straight to your ears from our STEM Punk studio. Hang on, we'll take you for a ride that includes a whole lot of fun and a little bit of education on the side. Stay tuned. Nice to be in orbit. Welcome to the STEM Punks Podcast. My name is Joe Garut, and I'll be your host. And as always, I've got my trusty buddy here, Stembot. Hello, Stembot. Hello, Joe. Well, Stembot, here we are again, and this time at the beginning of a new year. What year is it, anyway? As you know, what year it is depends on where you are on Earth. Most countries use the Gregorian calendar, which makes the year 2019. Well, what about the others? In China, it's... 4715. For Buddhists, it's 2561. For Jews, it's 5779. For Muslims, 1440. For many computers like me, the Unix date on January 1, 2019 at 12 o'clock a.m. was 1546300800. That's the time in milliseconds that had elapsed since January 1, 1970. Whoa, Stembot. That's a lot of numbers. I'm not sure I can get my head around that. I know, Joe. That's why I'm here. We all agree we live at the same moment, but how you define that moment depends on where you are on the planet. Our intern, Beck, looked up some calendar stuff for us. The Gregorian calendar is the most commonly used calendar around the world. That was named after Pope Gregory XIII and adopted in Italy, Poland, Portugal, and Spain in 1582. The previous calendar, the Julian, named after Julius Caesar, was the first solar calendar. In order to create a more standardized calendar, Julius Caesar consulted an Alexandrian astronomer named Sosaginus and created a more regulated civil calendar, a solar calendar based entirely on Earth's revolution around the sun. It takes our planet, on average, approximately 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 45 seconds to complete one full orbit around the sun. That 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 45 seconds threw a wrench into the works, which had to be compensated for with leap years, adding a day to February every four years. Yeah, but even the Julian calendar got that wrong because it added a whole day every four years, and while those hours, minutes, and seconds add up to 24 hours when rounded off, the extra seconds started to add up 200 years later. And the solstice and equinox, both important events in agricultural society, started showing up at the wrong time on the calendar. And if you think that was a mess, previous calendars based on lunar observations had to be updated and revised multiple times. In 1752, people went to bed on September 2nd and woke up on September 14th. Everyone's birthday shifted accordingly. George Washington, who was born on February 11, 1732, celebrated his 21st birthday and each subsequent one on February 22nd, a change that mattress and furniture stores observe to this day. Ads like that are why I don't have television anymore. You know, the other day, I spoke to my buddy Eric on the phone, and he is a calendar buff. Stembot, would you please bring up that interview? Sure, Joe, coming right up. Yeah, I'm just going to lock myself in the room here. Okay. Eric, please, introduce yourself. All right. Well, my name's Eric Lindsay, and uh, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I've been an artist for many years, well, most of my life, I suppose. I've never been much into traditions, 
but uh, I do see the value in tradition and ritual and, you know, signifying things, marking things, also understanding things. That's why the calendar is uh, kind of an interesting concept because of how we utilize it as a bit of a foundation for how we structure our lives. Which is kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? Because uh, time in and of itself is is our own creation, and yet now we, we almost live by it. It is, but there's nature's time, which is always pretty much right on. You know, there are 13 moon cycles for every year, and each of the moon cycle has 28 days. So this would be a more natural, nature-based time schedule, because that's just how nature operates. You know, you could figure out what day it was just by knowing where, where the moon cycle was. So why wouldn't we um, stick with something that's just as regular and simple as that? Well, um, the calendar that we use um, came from, as far as I know, it came from Roman times. They had something called a calends. Right. The calends was the first day of every month in the Roman calendar. The English word calendar comes from that word. You know, the Romans, they called the first of the month the calends. Um, then in the middle of the month, uh, roughly the 13th through the 15th, was the Ides. You know, just like in Julius Caesar, beware the Ides of March. And the Nones was uh, the 5th or the 7th, depending upon the length of the month. So they basically counted backwards. So the Cal end was the end of the month, the beginning of the next month. And so that's how they, uh, they counted it. And it was a debt collection system. So all of the debts were due at the end of the month. And so the pontiffs would announce the number of days until the next month and when the debts had to be paid off. And incidentally, the Calends, Nons, and Ides seem to have derived from the first sighting of the crescent moon, the first quarter moon, and the full moon, respectively. So, you know, that system ran short of a solar year and needed a lot of changes to keep the religious festivals and other activities in the proper season. And so um, anytime it's a lunar-based system, it's not going to work. What can you tell us about a lunar cycle or moon cycle and, and how it affects us? we really kind of change throughout the moon cycle. There's a cycle of creation in the moon cycle. You know, you start with a new moon, that's when you would plant the ideas or the seeds. And then there are different stages throughout this moon cycle, completing at the full moon. That'd be the full manifestation of whatever it is you were, you know, working on creating during that time. So it has a more a softer, more easy, fluid, energy to it. Eric, it just seems to me that uh, you're a guy who would be just as comfortable not operating with a calendar. Uh, you know, what what would you say to that? Well, I find it much more harmonious to operate from a kind of an open, kind of a, you know, a calendar that flows with nature. So, like in the wintertime, I like to really slow down because it to me, it's a time to slow down, the time to go more inward. You know, it's time to just kind of huddle around and get get close with your thoughts, get close with who you are, get close with your community. You know, it's a time to really go inward. And then as you get into spring, you know, things start to open up. You get into summer, things are, you know, going full force. And so I really like that flexibility to be able to um, 
tap into to nature's energy in a way where I'm kind of with the flow of the nature's flow and I feel much more calm and feel more receptive to to new ideas you know, I feel more present not having to think about all this scheduling and uh, following the calendar I mean I have to schedule because I have kids and I take them to school and I got work and I've got you know, <laughs> I have to schedule. Yeah, don't we all? So I, that leads us to why we had to create calendars in the first place a little bit. I mean, maybe. Can you speak to that? Well, um, we created <laughs> calendars to keep big groups of people on a similar system. And, you know, that was probably necessary to build large civilizations and empires. You know, you have to have everybody kind of on the same page as far as, you know, the certain hours that we were. It has become obvious in the research that we've been doing that really it does come from a need to, in a communal way, observe certain things. For example, many changes mm-hmm. were were done for religious reasons. You know, we wanted to keep a certain day on that same day every year and sometimes it coincided mm-hmm. with the solstice an equinox a religious holiday we had to have a common language at some point in order to be able to talk about some of these things and observe some of these things mm-hmm. and as you mentioned um, you know with the the Callens system it was a debt collection thing so they wanted it always to happen at the same time within a certain number of days right mm-hmm. yeah right I just want to thank you so much, Eric, for being on the show today and for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you so much for the uh, opportunity to talk, and uh, I'm excited to hear the podcast. All right, my friend. We will talk more later. Thanks, Joe. Now, the Chinese calendar is lunisolar, which means that it's based on both the cycle of the sun and the moon. One of the main aspects of the Chinese calendar is that it is arranged in major cycles of 60 years. Each successive year is named after one of 12 animals. You may have seen this on your placemat at a restaurant. Each animal has its own characteristic that also affects the people born in those years. Most of 2019, or 4715 in China, is the year of the pig. The characteristics of people born in the year of the pig are loving, tolerant, honest, and appreciative of luxury. That sounds like a pretty good way to be. The Chinese New Year is celebrated at the second new moon after the winter solstice and falls between January 21 and February 19 on the Gregorian calendar. This year, Chinese New Year begins February 5. February 5th? Oh, cool. That's my birthday. The Chinese zodiac was created thousands of years ago, but there are many interpretations of its origin. One legend says that the animals fought over their place on the calendar. In order to fairly resolve the conflict, the gods had them race across a river. The order of the animals on the calendar reflects their completion of the race, the rat placing first and the pig finishing last. For business, most of the world uses the Gregorian calendar to plan meetings, coordinate travel, and decide what to watch on TV. However, many calendars are based on religious holidays, The Gregorian calendar revolved around Catholic holidays. Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, Muslims, and others have calendars based on their own rituals. The timing of the months in the Islamic calendar is based on astronomical observation. A new month can only begin after a waxing crescent moon is observed shortly after sunset. An Islamic year consistently falls about 11 days short of the solar year. Most Muslim countries officially use the Gregorian calendar as their civil calendar. 
The Hebrew or Jewish calendar, which features a body of complex regulations, exceptions, and mathematical rules, is designed to satisfy a number of requirements conveyed in the Jewish Holy Scripture. These alterations are designed to prevent Rosh Hashanah and other holidays from falling on certain days of the week. According to Hebrew time reckoning, we are now in the sixth millennium. The Hebrew year count starts in the Gregorian year, 3761 BCE, which the 12th century Jewish philosopher Maimonides established as the biblical date of creation. BCE stands for Before Common or Current Era. Gosh, this is getting complicated. BCE or CE are often thought of as politically correct versions of AD and BC created by Christian scholars to refer to dates before and after the birth of Christ. Now hang with us, folks, because we're almost through this, and it will come to a point. Years on calendars are one major complication, but add to that the names of the months, which have mostly Roman origins, derived from Roman deities, Janus, Februus, Mars, Juno. Some simply came from the Latin numbers of the months, Septum, Octo, Novem, Decem, or, in two cases, in honor of Roman emperors, Julius Caesar and Augustus, we get July and August. Days of the week on Gregorian calendars are also usually Roman God-inspired, but in English, in some cases, they have Norse or Anglo-Saxon roots. Yeah, Monday, from the Old English, Monondag, a combination of Mona, meaning moon, and Dag, meaning day, most Romance languages use the Latin for moon, luna, as in the French lundi, and Spanish lunes. Tuesday is named after Tyr, the god of war of Norse mythology. Naming the second day of the week after a war god stems from the Romans' use of Mars for the same day, leading to, among others, the French mardi and Spanish martes. Wednesday, or Woden's Day, which is Odin, is named after the Germanic and Scandinavian father of the gods. The name of this day, too, is borrowed from the Romans, who used the god Mercury for Wednesday. The French is Mercredi, and the Spanish is Miércoles. Thursday is named after Thor, the Norse god of thunder. The Latin equivalent is named after Jupiter, as in the French Jeudi and Spanish Jueves. Friday, from the Anglo-Saxon goddess Frigg, who was Odin's wife. It is based on the Roman goddess Venus, and used in French as Vendredi, and in Spanish as Viernes. Saturday, or Saturn's Day, is the only day to have retained its Latin origins from the god of agriculture. In French, it is Samadhi, and in Spanish, Sabado. Sunday is from the Old English Sonandeg, the day of the sun. Most Romance languages have used the Latin for the Lord's Day, as in the French, Dimanche, and Spanish, Domingo. Whew, that was a lot of information. And for all of you French speakers and Spanish speakers out there, please accept my apologies for butchering some of those words. Even with all the different names of months and days and time zones, it's relatively easy to figure out when we are because the world is much more connected than it was in the past. It took weeks or months sometimes for news or letters to get from one place to another. Nowadays, we get upset if anything takes longer than two days to arrive. 
When the English adopted the Gregorian calendar in 1752, not everyone was unhappy. According to W.M. Jameson, in his book, Murders, Myths, and Monuments of North Staffordshire, there is a tale about one William Willett of Endon, who was always keen on a joke. He was ready to take advantage of the little-known calendar change. He apparently wagered that he could dance non-stop for 12 days and 12 nights. On the evening of September 2nd, 1752, he started to jig around the village and continued all through the night. The next morning, September 14th, by the new calendar, he stopped dancing and claimed his bets. Now, is there a perfect calendar? Well, the simple answer is no. None of the calendar systems currently in use around the world perfectly reflect the length of a solar year. We are all in need of calendars to some extent. We celebrate birthdays and holidays. We set meetings for coffee and work. We plan vacations and reunions. However, as our guest Eric Lindsay alluded, being extremely focused on schedules can be stressful. Our world is time clocks and deadlines for the majority of folks. We plan to do stuff early so that we can relax later, after the work is done. Well, Henry David Thoreau said it's not enough to be busy. What are we busy about? Which rings true in our culture of go, 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 and can be used as a battle cry for working harder at your J-O-B. To me, though, there are a lot better things to be busy about. Self-care time with family and friends, participating in positive care for our planet, and so much more. There was a time when we didn't need calendars and clocks. We can still get glimmers of a similar life when we go out into nature for an extended time. Oh, what peace that brings. Now, I'll leave you with this quote from Eckhart Tolle. It is not uncommon for people to spend their whole life waiting to start living. I hope that is not you. Don't get too caught up in your calendars, my friends. Say Happy New Year, Stembot. Happy New Year, Stembot. The Stempunks podcast is brought to you by Cottywomple Creative. A Cottywomple is a purposeful journey towards a vague destination. Cottywomple Creative creates everything from fine art to practical items with a bit of whimsy. You can see for yourself at cottywomplecreative.com. Many thanks to our patrons on Patreon. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Happy New Year to all of you, and thank you very, very much.